0: Hey, this is Julie Mullins, co-senior pastor here at Christ Fellowship Church right here in South Florida. Whether you're across the street or across the world, thank you for taking time out of your busy week to join us for this message. We hope that it encourages you and inspires you to get more out of life. We are wrapping up our series, Take Back... Your life, And if you missed any of the messages during this series, I wanna challenge you to go back and listen to those sermons. You can get those on our YouTube channel or on our Christ Fellowship app or website because it's gonna help you take back what the enemy has tried to take from you. It's gonna help you reclaim some lost ground and territory. And in these last couple of weeks of the series, we have been focusing on a spiritual warfare the spiritual battle that you are going to face in order to live the life that God has for you to live. It's not just gonna be happening. You gotta, you gotta fight for it. And see, here's what I know. The, the enemy has been working overtime. He, he's, he has been working nonstop trying to attack God's people, trying to attack you and me and our families, our children, our future, trying to take us out. Now, last week, we reminded ourselves that life is primarily spiritual. It is first and foremost spiritual because you are first and foremost spiritual. You are not a physical being that has a spirit. You are a spiritual being made in the image of God that is currently having a physical experience. But this physical experience that you're having one day is gonna be over. But you, you won't be over. You've been created by an eternal God to live eternally. You've been created by spirit God and he breathed his life inside of you. So life is first and foremost spiritual but if you don't understand how to fight spiritually, you're going to lose at what matters most. And I'm afraid too many Christians are losing in the spiritual realm. See, everything in the physical is connected to something in the spiritual. And your enemy, the devil, he would try to get you to focus just on the physical and completely miss the spiritual. Because see, if you and I are focused on physical things, we miss spiritual things. We, we, we're focused on the physical reality and we actually miss the greater reality. And your enemy, although he is invisible, he is not fictional. He's very real. And he's very determined to try to take you out. So I wanna jump right in to help us get spiritually ready to fight the battle that we some of you are in today and some of you are gonna be facing tomorrow. We're gonna get ready for it. We're gonna start where we we left off last week in Ephesians chapter six, verse 12. And this is what the Apostle Paul says. He says, for our struggle that we're in is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and authorities against powers of this dark world and spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Now, we just landed there last week, but we're going to unpack this a little bit. And any time that you study scripture, you need to study the scriptures around the scripture you're studying to understand the context of what is being said more fully. Now, the book of Ephesians that this passage comes from is actually from a letter that the apostle Paul wrote to the people in a town called Ephesus. And in the first half of the book of Ephesians, Paul is talking about your relationship with Jesus. And he's the power that you have because of this relationship, because you are in Christ and Christ is in you, that you have a power inside of you that is otherworldly. And he says, I pray that your hearts and eyes would be flooded with light, that you could really grasp and understand this power on the inside of you. We mentioned last week that because of Christ, you are already seated with Christ in heavenly places. Paul says, I want you to understand that. So the first half of the book is all about your relationship with Christ and what that means for you. But then the second half of the book is all about how that relationship with Jesus impacts every other relationship that you have. In chapter four of Ephesians, he begins to talk about your relationship within your community, your neighborhoods, within your church. In chapter five, he talks about relationships between husbands and wives and how they're to mutually love and esteem and submit to one another. And then in Ephesians chapter six, he talks about relationships between parents and children and children and parents and even the work relationship. And then in the context of three chapters on relationships, he says, and your struggle is not against flesh and blood. So so don't miss the connection. Sometimes we look at a scripture and we we pull it out. He's spent half of this letter talking to people about their relationships. And then he says, now listen, in context of your relationships, you're gonna have some struggle. But that struggle is not flesh and blood. That that word struggle in the original Greek language is pole, which means hand to hand combat to the point that you are trying to pin down your opponent by the neck, right? And when you think about a lot of our relationships that we are in or that we've been in, that's exactly the picture that we've got right there, right? Relationships that are pinned down with anger and frustration and pinned down with unforgiveness, pinned down with anger. And Paul says, even though that's what you're experiencing in some of your relationships, you've gotta remember that this is a spiritual battle that it's not that other person pinning you down, that the real enemy that's trying to destroy your relationships is your spiritual enemy, the devil. And if you are gonna win the spiritual battle, you better have some spiritual weapons and spiritual protection. So that's the context of this verse. So when we back up a little bit and look at it in verse 10, he says, so be strong in the Lord and his mighty power, not your own power in his power, put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all strategies of the devil. Then he says, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities in the unseen world, mighty powers and dark world, evil spirits and heavenly places. Therefore, because of that, because that's your battle, Christian follower of Jesus, you better put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, it will end. Hang in there you will still be standing firm. Now look, look back at verse 11, very important. He says, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand against the strategies of the devil. There's a couple truths that jump out to us in this passage. First of all, your enemy has a strategy. Your enemy has a strategy and one of his strategies is to destroy relationships. He's been doing this from the very beginning of time. All you gotta do is look back. <laughs> All you gotta do is look back at Genesis. What did he do? He came in and destroyed the relationship between God and man, broke it apart. Then he ruptured the relationship between Cain and Abel. Right? Everywhere you look, he is disrupting relationships. Now, the truth is your enemy has lots of other strategies. He didn't just say, watch out for the strategies. Watch out for the strategies to take you out. He'll try to fill you with fear so you can't move forward in life? Cripple you with worry and anxiety? He'll make you feel insecure so that you just feel like you you can't make it and do what God has created you to do? His number one strategy is deception. He, He lies to you and me. Jesus called him the father of all lies, which means he is the creator. All lies come from him. And he'll lie to you about yourself, he'll lie to you about people in your life, he'll lie to you about God, he'll lie to you about you. He'll get you believing all sorts of crazy things. And what Paul is saying is if you and I do not put on the full armor of God, then we will not be able to stand against all the strategies that are coming at us. We won't be able to stand firm. You won't be able to stand. Your marriage won't be able to stand. Your children will not be able to stand. You will, you will, you will be taken out if you do not put on the armor of God. And look again, um, where this armor comes from, look at verse 11. Put on all of, can you put that verse back up, verse 11? Put back on all of whose armor? God, God's armor, this is, this is God's armor, it's God's from him, and this is actually a direct reference to Isaiah chapter 59, where when you read that, it says, the Lord put on righteousness as his breastplate, and he put on a helmet of salvation on his head. So he's actually giving us his armor. It is, has divine power when you put it on. Now when you think about armor, armor is essentially the covering that's worn by soldiers to protect their body when they go into battle and if they don't have the armor on it's going to take them out and maybe when you think about armor there's actually a few pictures that that come into to mind you might think of a roman soldier in the armor that he's wearing to protect himself and maybe paul was actually writing this while he was chained to you know he was he was remembering being chained to this soldier for some of us we think of armor and we think of a knight in shining armor covered in this armor the steel or iron Metal from head to toe, I don't know how they use the bathroom, it's just, it's confounding. <laughs> or maybe some of you go to Call of Duty, you're like all the way to the end there. and yeah. Whatever it is, armor serves a purpose to protect the soldier, to protect the warrior from the battle that they are in. And can I tell you that the time to put the armor on is not when you're in the middle of the battle. The time to try to figure out, okay, what, what how do I, how do I put, is not when the enemy's attacking you and you are in the middle of the battlefield. You got to put this armor on in advance put on all of God's armor. Now, when you think about it, armor has actually changed through the years. It's actually had to adapt because um, weapons have adapted, And so it's had to change to adapt to protect soldiers and people that are fighting today. But can I tell you that the armor of God has not had to change. It is just as effective as it was in Paul's day. Why? Because the enemy's tactics have not changed. He is no more powerful, he is no more cunning, he ain't more smart, he's got nothing more on us, right? So this armor is just as anointed and powerful for the attack we have today that we are facing, but we have got to put it on. The armor doesn't do any good sitting on a shelf. The armor doesn't do any good if you leave it here at church on Sunday and you go back to work on Monday or going to school on Monday Naked. I mean, you've got to be covered in the armor of God. So then Paul begins to unpack this armor. And he says in verse 14, So stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith, which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, we could spend weeks unpacking each one of these pieces of armor. We could study and I have each one of these and the significance that they are in our life and they are very significant. But for today, what I want you to see is that each piece is Christ. Each piece that that we are to put on is putting on Jesus. He says, put on the belt of truth, and Jesus said, I am the truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me, but if you know me and you follow me and you put on truth, you will find truth and you will find life. He says, put on the breastplate of righteousness. He is our righteousness. In 2 Corinthians, it says that he who was without sin became sin so that we might become the righteousness of God. The only way we're made righteous, which just means right with God, is is through Jesus Christ. It says to fit your feet with um, the gospel of of peace. Well, he is the prince of peace. His gospel is a, a gospel of the good news that you and I can have peace with God. It says take up the shield of faith. Man, our faith is all in who Jesus is, what he can do, who he is in our life, helmet of salvation, there is no other name by which man must be saved except Jesus, taking the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. In the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God, the word became, do you see? It is all Jesus. So, what sometimes we complicate it or we, or we minimize it or we think, well, if I just go through this list, I'm putting on the helmet of salvation today and I'm picking a breastplate of righteousness. No! He's, Paul's saying, you need to clothe yourself in Christ. You, you need to put on Jesus. Cover yourself. It's like Paul's saying, this is just what you wear right here. This is what you need to wear every day. Have you ever showed up someplace wearing the wrong thing? Oh, Me too. (laughs) Years and years ago, Julie and I, my mom and dad and Noel and Jefferson, we were all invited to a a Christmas party at someone's house that was new to the church. And they lived over on uh, Palm Beach and they invited us over to this Christmas party. And they said, it's just gonna be a few friends. We'd love for you to come. It's very casual. So um, I put on a pair of jeans, Christmas sweater, not a crazy Christmas sweater but a Christmas sweater and we loaded up in the car and we went over to their house and we were checking the address and we got there and we pulled up and there were valets outside to park the cars for their few friends. We got out of the car and I realized as the car drove away I was beyond the point of return as I saw everybody else, all these beautiful people in beautiful clothing dressed going into this little party and I'm wearing a Christmas sweater. There might have been a reindeer on it, I don't know. So. So for the next several hours that felt like several days, I felt severely awkward. It was so uncomfortable. Like, I'm just like, oh my goodness. I mean, everybody, I guess their casual means no black tie. I'll remember that next time, but can I tell you it is one thing to show up at a Christmas party not dressed appropriately. And it is quite another thing to show up on the battlefield of life, unclothed, uncovered, and spiritually naked, and I'm afraid Too many of us are spiritually unprepared and uncovered for what we're facing every day, which is why we're feeling so defeated in our relationships and defeated in our callings and defeated in life because we are not clothing ourselves appropriately. So Paul's saying, I don't want you to show up unclothed. I don't want you to show up unprepared. I want you to show up covered because the time to to pick up the shield of faith is not when the arrows are flying at you you wanna already have the shield of faith up. You wanna have the breastplate of righteousness on. You wanna be covered with the helmet of salvation before you go on the battlefield. You don't wanna be trying to find it while you are on the battlefield. So how do we do that, Todd? How do, we, how do we practically clothe ourselves with Christ? Well, every morning when you decide to start your day by having a conversation with Christ, which is called prayer, you're beginning to put on Christ. Every day when you open up the word and you read the word, which is Christ, you are, you're putting on Christ. When you meditate on the word, you are covering your mind with salvation and with your hope. You are putting on Christ. When you understand that you are walking not in your own strength or, or in your own goodness or good deeds, but in the righteousness that comes from Jesus, you are putting on that breastplate of righteousness. When you meditate on the word and take the word up, you're taking up the shield of faith. You're putting on Christ. It's the practical little things that we talk about all the time. You are clothing yourself with Christ. When I think about this passage, what's jumped out to me again is that most all of the armor that Paul lists here is defensive. It's, it's to protect you. It, it covers a part of the body. It's, you know, you've got a shield of faith to quench the fiery darts. You've got the helmet of salvation uh, to protect the head. You've got the breastplate of righteousness over the body. They're all defensive, but there are two pieces that are offensive. Two pieces that help you go on the attack against the enemy so you can take him out and not just be playing defense the whole time. And I wanna focus on those two. The first is found in verse 17, where it says, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, what I was taught when I was a teenager is that when you take up this word of God, right here, this, this, this word, this Bible is your sword. Man, this Bible is powerful. Hebrews 4 says it is alive and active. It is sharper than a double-edged sword that can cut to the bottom of everything. Man, that this word wah, is your sword. And while that is all very true, That is not what Paul's specifically saying in this verse. There's actually more in this verse for us to understand because the word, when it says in that verse, take up the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, that word in the Greek is rhema, which means spoken word of God. The declared now word of God that needs to be spoken right now in the middle of whatever you might be in, that's what that means, rhema. Now, many other times when Paul talks about the word, he uses the word logos, which is the written word of God. But here, please hear me, when it comes to a spiritual battle that you and I are in, he doesn't use the word logos. He uses the word rema, the spoken, yes. declared yes. word of God to defeat the enemy. Yes. There, there's power in your declaration of expectation. You need to understand there's some power in your declaration, your proclamation of expectation with faith. What do you believe you're gonna see? Who do you believe God is? What do you believe God can do? And you are declaring prophetically what is not as if it is. What you cannot see with human physical eyes, you are seeing it with spirit eyes and you are actually speaking it forth. And you, when you activate your mouth, you're actually putting your faith into action. Now, it's also interesting to note, in the original language and structure of this sentence, there is no definite article in front of the word word. So it doesn't, it's not, um, take up the sword of the, the spirit, which is the word of God. A, a literal translation would be, take up the sword of the spirit, which is a spoken word of God. So you can speak a word of God, a ramal word that is in line with the logos word, a Rama word, you are declaring what God has written, but it is a spoken word of God in the midst of whatever trouble or situation that you might find yourself in. So if I'm facing a, a physical issue or a need or a health issue, I will speak the Rama word of Psalm 103. Bless the Lord all my soul who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. I believe God, you forgive all my sin, so I believe you're gonna heal all my diseases. So I speak that over my life and over my problems and over my needs and over the needs of my family. I could declare Isaiah 53 This says, by your stripes I'm healed. So if I'm facing a little bit of panic or worry or anxiety, anybody been there this week? I had to remind myself what I preached to you last week. God, you have not given me a spirit of fear. And I don't just remind myself, I actually say it out loud. God, you haven't given me a spirit of fear. So I'm not allowing anxiety or worry to take up residence in my heart or my mind any longer. I am speaking your peace, Prince of Peace, over my life. Jesus, you said, my peace I give to you. Not like the world gives. It's not like the world's peace that's here today gone tomorrow. It is a lasting peace, Prince of Peace. So I speak that piece over my, my life today. Can I tell you there are times that Julie and I, we're facing a problem or a situation in our life and we actually go outside and walk around our neighborhood and we actually begin to just declare out loud what we know. We're, I'm, we're walking outside going, I know that, that he who began a good work in us is Faithful to complete it. I know, I know that that you, God, work all things together for the good of those who love you. And I know I love you. And I know that, that we're called according to your purpose. So you're working it all together for my good. I know it. So I'm just gonna start declaring what I know. And we're just walking around the neighborhood. We're just like marching, well, praying. I mean, people probably think we're crazy. Look at those crazy pastors out there marching around, talking. Can I tell you, if you don't talk to yourself, you're crazy. You better talk to yourself. You better speak the word of God over your problems and over your situations, over your children. You better walk around the house just declaring the rhema, spoken word of God over your kids and over your home and over your family. You gotta open up your mouth and declare it and bring it to life, amen? Amen. Give it authority. Give the word authority. Give give it a place of priority over your problems. Some of y'all you're talking about are your problems. Dear God, please stop talking about your problems. Give the word authority over your problems. Tell your problems about the authority of God's word. We're telling everybody about our problems. Tell your problem about your God. What he can do. That's what we some of you are just giving the devil too much to work with. Every day you're like, oh, 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 oh. So bad. It's so bad. It's so bad world's bad the economy's bad you see the stock oh this is bad that's bad i don't know how i'm gonna make it it's bad i don't know if it's ever gonna come back it's bad my job is bad my marriage is bad my kids are bad oh my word would you please stop it and change the channel and i want you to turn it to like romans 8 32 that says that the god is is for you so who can come against you Right? That you remind yourself that no weapon formed against you is gonna prosper, so yeah, it might be bad, but God is, is, is bigger, he's badder than how bad that situation is. He's got you, right? He's a good, good father, that's who he is. And I'm loved by you, that's who I am. Man, you need to change what's coming out of your, of, out of your mouth. You need to start declaring the truth over your life instead of the facts that you see around you. And the truth is that, that God has plans to bless you to prosper you, not to harm you, to to bless your children, to bless your, so you just need to be going, I'm blessed. Man, I am so blessed, I am blessed and highly favored. I'm blessed going in, I'm blessed coming out. I'm blessed when I go to work, I'm blessed when I leave work. I'm, I'm blessed, my kids are blessed, my company's blessed, I don't even have a company, but when I get one, it's gonna be blessed. And what you're doing when you do that is not some pie in the sky, wishful thinking, power of proclamation that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about you aligning your words with the word i'm talking about you saying this is what you say god so i'm going to hold on to what you say about me that's 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 what's true and can i tell you when you get in sync with your creator when you begin to proclaim and speak out the living word the rhema word of god over your life you're going to go some places you never thought you could go You're going to see some things you never thought you could see. You're going to do some things you never dreamed you could do because you are getting in sync with God and with his living word over your life, and it's changing the course of your life. It's defeating your enemy. It's defeating the enemy of fear and worry and anxiety that's trying to hold you back, the spoken word of God. Now, you know, every time we gather on a weekend, uh, we do this. Uh, Worship is actually us proclaiming the word of God because worship is just God's word put to song, And so you're coming together and we are speaking a Ramah word every time we come together and and declare God's praises on the weekend, which is why you need to be here every weekend and joining us online every weekend and singing and proclaiming the truth of God over your life because there's times just like you, I come in on a Sunday and I've been a little beat up by the week. It's been a little rough but I get into a place where the Ramah word is being declared, woo, I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who he says I am, he is for me. I just have to start singing it out and all of a sudden I'm ready to go. Come on, that's who I am. Changes my spirit, changes my attitude, changes my outlook. And can I tell you, you don't have to wait till Sunday to get your praise on. (laughs) You better not wait till Sunday to get your praise on. Every single day, you need to turn some phrase on. You need to turn off that country, twang, twang, twang. My dog died and my girl left me again. And you need to start going, this is how I fight in my battles. Hey, this is how I fight in my, it'll change your world. The Rama spoken word, declared word of God over your life. We're talking about how you defeat your enemy. And Paul says right here, the way you're gonna defeat him is through the spoken word of God, that's the first weapon I see, that is offensive, taking the attack. The second one is found in the next verse. See, a lot of people, when it comes to the armor of God, they end right there where we ended in verse 17, where it says, put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, period, but can I tell you, there was no period when Paul wrote this. It keeps going, and the next verse is really important. He says, pray in the spirit at all times, with all kinds of prayers, asking for everything you need to do this, you must always be ready and never give up, always pray. Do you, do you see the allness of that verse? Pray at all times, pray all kinds of prayers, ask for everything you need, always pray. That tells me that prayer needs to be a priority in your attack against the enemy. It needs to be a priority. That means it's first in your attack against, it's like the secret weapon against your enemy. It's like you're releasing the air force spiritually to attack your enemy because he doesn't see it coming. Prayer is like a battle cry. It's like the William Wallace freedom. I mean, it is like, let's go calling forth into action what needs to be called into action. So Paul says, pray at all times, pray all prayers, no matter what you're facing, you need to pray. This is a weapon against your enemy when you pray. So you get into an argument or a fuss or a fight with somebody man just pray if they're a believer just say hey can we pray like we need to pray right now you get into an argument with your spouse can we just pray let's just pray right now you get into an argument with somebody who's not a believer just start praying they will scare them to death they'll leave <laughs> pray in the spirit of them you need wisdom at work about a situation that you're facing pray Pray, you can, you, you've got fear attacking you, can I tell you when it attacks me? I pray, I just have to go, I have to start praying, oh God, I pray your name, I pray that your peace would come, I pray that your help would come, I pray that you'd help me to see truth the way I need to see it, the, help me to see light, I pray you'd let your light shine, I just pray. You can always pray. You don't have to have all the right words down, you just, you just pray, and can I tell you, when you pray, things change. When you, prayer changes things. Prayer changes situations. All you gotta do is look to the Bible. Moses prayed and the Red Sea parted. Elijah prayed and the drought ended. The the, the disciples, they prayed and blinded eyes were open. And the lame got up and they started walking and running and leaping. And can I tell you that doesn't just happen in the Bible days. No, 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 we are witnessing miracle upon miracle in our church through prayer. God is working through prayer. I had some of my team send me a couple like recent hot off the press stories. During our 21 days of prayer and fasting, a lady Melinda that, that attends our downtown campus, she had a cancer scare, the cancer was coming back and the doctors were worried and they found some lumps and she was having to go back in for biopsy. So she came forward and said, we gotta pray. And the the team began to pray for her. And she went back in a few days later and there was nothing to biopsy. It was gone, like completely healed. Another lady by the name of Alicia. she's an older lady that has trouble with her hearing. And the ringing in her ears is so loud. She just went through our, our study in the book of Acts, the Bible study in the book of Acts and she was reading about the power of prayer and the miracles and she goes, does that still happen today? And they said, yes. She said, would you pray for my ears? Do you know that by the time she got home and went to bed, the ringing had completely stopped in her ears. God cares about those little things. Kendall up in Stewart had the prayer team pray for her fiance, Jordan, who was in the hospital. And after they got done praying that Sunday, Jordan was released from the hospital And I quote, the doctors are confused why he's doing so well. I'll tell you why he's doing so well, it's because God is a healer. Can I tell you, we've been praying for people to get jobs and they've gotten jobs. We've been praying for people to get houses and in this market, they're finding houses. They're finding places to live. They're getting cars. We've we've seen addicts and the chains being broken off their lives because prayer changes things. So if you're in a battle today, man, don't forget the secret weapon of prayer. Go to God in prayer, pray with your family, pray pray over your kids, pray in your marriage. Some of you are struggling and you're wondering why the struggle is so real, it's because you have not invited the presence of God right into the middle of that mess. But if you'll stop, you'll say, God, we're desperate for you. We need you to come into the middle of what we're dealing with right now to defeat the enemy that's trying to take us out. Can I tell you that simple prayer is powerful. Look at what this says in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And then we're gonna, we're gonna pray. Paul says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have, say it with me, divine power to demolish strongholds. The weapons we're talking about today, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And you better have some spiritual weapons in your spiritual arsenal to fight the spiritual battle. The spiritual disciplines that we talk about all the time here at Christ Fellowship. Prayer, getting into the word of God and studying the word of God and and worship. These are not just things you do to be a good Christian. They're the weapons you use to fight the battles that you're facing. And if you don't learn how to use the weapons, you won't be able to win the battle. So we just want to help you win the battle. We want to help you win the fight that you're in so that you can stand victorious after everything you've gone through. And what I see in both of these weapons, the sword of the Spirit, which is the spoken word of God in prayer, is you've got to open your mouth to release God's power in your life. It's time to open your mouth. Some of you have been silent for too long. I want you to get noisy this week. I want you to get verbal this week. I want you to begin to proclaim the word of God this week in your household. I want you to get some scriptures. We got some on our on our website you can get that, that list out these proclamations that we are making and that you can make over your life and over your family. And I want you to get verbal in prayer. I, get verbal this week, all right? you watch the enemy be defeated. I want to I want to end our service a little bit differently today. I'm gonna pray, but we're not gonna be done. I've asked the teams to come back and lead us in a battle cry as we go out and do this week that we will be ready to fight this battle that is in front of us and not just fight it, but man, knock him down. Knock the enemy off his feet this week with the power of the spoken word. Let me pray first. Would you stand with me as we pray across all of our locations? Let me pray for us, Father God, thank you for your word that reminds us who we are and that we can fight and stand and win the battle that we face, but we can't win it on our own. We actually have to be covered in the armor of God. We have to put on Christ. So I pray that this week we would put on the armor. I pray that every person that's a part of our church family, every person joining in today, God, that we would take up the sword of the spirit, which is the spoken word of God, that we would pray prayers and declare your truth over our life and our problems, that we would go on the attack and get verbal this week. With every head bowed, as we continue to pray, there's one other prayer I wanna pray, that you will never win the spiritual battle unless you have made Jesus the spiritual Lord of your life. And some of you, you need to get that relationship with God right, and I wanna pray with you. And if you would say, Todd, include me in this last prayer for Jesus to be the Lord over my life and over my situation, right where you are, would you just extend a hand up in the air and say, yes, Todd, pray for me. Even if you're joining online, yes, Todd, pray for me. Yes, Todd, pray for me. Okay, God, we're gonna pray this prayer, and we're all gonna pray it out loud to you. But those of you with your hands up, you see their hearts saying, be Lord of my life. Just pray this after me, church. Say, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins for going my own way. I ask you to be the Lord over my life. Give me the power to fight the battles that I am facing every day of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Come on, let's thank God today. Thank you again for spending time with us today. If you're looking to take a step in discovering the more that God has in store for you, just text the word podcast to the number 441-441 and then select the option that applies to you. And if you enjoyed this message, just make sure that you subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. A special thanks to all of you who so generously give to all that God is calling us to do together. It's really because of you that everything we do is possible. We'll see you right back here for next week's message.